All right, so we are in Perik base of Musiv Ahavas Hashem. Now this Perik, um, the morale pretty much feels that he has uh, helped us understand what it means, love of Hashem, and as well, um, you know, we spoke about how a person can do that through the through the clinging to uh, those that those that are close to him, to love of it. Now we're going to discuss a few more kind of sub branches of love of Hashem. So, first is bringing others to love Hashem. Uh, if you love Hashem, then you also uh, want that other people should love Him as well. So, that is the Gemara over here in Yuma, the first source. The Gemara learns out from Hashem You should love Hashem your God. So the Gemara says, what does this mean? That you should be a source, uh, a vehicle for Hashem to be beloved in the world. Mm-hmm. And how is that? So it says, if you have a Talmud Chacham who learns Torah and does mitzvahs, and, or, uh, and the truth is that for uh, people that interact with secular Jews, you would be pretty much anyone who wears a kippah. Like, you wear a kippah, you're a rabbi. That's like, you know, <laughs> that's, um, that's how. So whenever I commit any egregious acts of road rage, I take off yeah. my kippah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So, so he learns, uh, and then he... Uh, I something to you, And then he is pleasant in business, and he is uh, nice to people. So then everyone says, oh, how wonderful, uh, how happy are his parents that they taught him Torah, how happy it must be his Rebbe that he taught him Torah. Um, And oi to those that don't learn Torah, because basically look look at what they're missing out, look at how pleasant and wonderful he's become from it. Yes. Whereas, if a person learns Torah, he's a Talmud Chacham, or like we said, perceived as a rabbi, uh, even if you just a wear a kippah, uh, and you are uh, deceitful in business, uh, and you're you don't speak pleasantly with people. So then they say, Oi to his parents that they taught him Torah, Oi to his Rebbe that he taught him Torah, and um, see, it's good that people, for the people who don't learn Torah, because see, he learned Torah, and look at where this ended up for him. Valava Kasav Omer, and about him the Torah says, Bamar Lahem. 
Am Hashem Ele Ume Artso Yotsu. These are the people of Hashem. These are the people that left from his land. Okay. So, in other words, we learn here that there's a responsibility, there's a mitzvah. The mitzvah, they have to ask Hashem, we thought this whole time it's talking about loving Hashem, that we are commanded to love Hashem. But now, the Gemur is learning out for us that we actually have an obligation to make other people love Hashem. Shlomo. To create a Hashem. Right. Yeah. So, um, well, if using Kiddush Hashem uh, colloquially, we're going to see a different type of a Kiddush Hashem, we're, you know, an actual, uh, we're, uh, when you Shem Shemaim, that's a higher level. Mm. We'll talk about that today. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, just be a, being a, a pleasant, honest. Maybe the question is about the Kiddush Hashem and the Mekachim Hashem. No, no, it's not the same. Uh, Shlomo used a more colloquial. You know, people say, yeah, yeah, I'll tuck your shirt in. You know, uh, so, so you, you make a Kiddush Hashem. It's not a Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem, the extreme you know, example of it is, um, you know, preferring to be burnt at the stake than to kiss the cross. That's a Kiddush Hashem. Yeah? Here, what we're talking about is that you're making people love, you're making people appreciate and love Hashem. They say, wow, look, look at how nicely this person behaves. Look at what a man she is. Look at how honest he is in business. This Torah thing is a good thing. Doesn't the Messiah or the Shah true? I get confused between the two. Say, Lane of Rodamel, the Kiddush Hashem, and therefore, it was Machal Hashem, and this is, he's literally ruining the reason he was created. Not the Messiah of Sharm, as far as I can as far as I, as far as I recall, more, probably more likely. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, we're actually going to touch on, on, on related points. The Shah the one that says, like, um, this is the. These are the people who don't have a feeling like Nava. These are the people that. Are, what? Which? Uh, so who's Bukhashem Shemayim? All the levels of. of um, all the levels of Misa Bezim, Misa Shikaris, Shemayim. Then he says, in the Mechlekos. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's one of the two. They're usually yeah. next to each other, so it's confusing. In the bookshelf. I, I uh, have not invested the requisite time to share two. Okay. So, um, now the obvious question is where did the Gemara pull this mitzvah out from? The, the Torah says, they have to ask Hashem Elokech. What does that sound like to you, Alex? What does it mean Yeah, but what's the, what's the command? Right. So, what does that mean? That you should be doing something to, to express your love. Why, why did you say that you should love Hashem? What's wrong, what's wrong with the Pashup Shat? I, I would tell you. Uh, maybe impose a Xerxhava. Wait, wait, we don't have Xerxhava here. The Gemara does not bring Xerxhava. I know. No, you can't. No, 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 you cannot. If the Gemara met Xerxhava, it would have had to make Xerxhava. Okay. It's kind of impossible. If you believe in Hashem, you have to love him. If you believe in the way the Torah is. If you believe in him as your creator, that 
made you and gave you everything. But you have to work. Well, if he gave you everything, no, then, not, no, not fine. So he's not a mass. He's not a master in that way. He's, he gave you everything. He's only doing it for the good. If I mean, you believe in, if you believe in the Torah, I mean, you believe in your parents. Do you have to love your parents? Well, they're not whole, their whole purpose isn't. Right, all right. Did, okay. Did the Rosh Kol give this away? So the Mara, so the, did I what? Uh, Rosh Kol said that uh, the Mara says that uh, says a person has to do things continuously. So there are going to be times that you have to be in front of other people. Uh, so at those times, you have to bring them close also. And why can't I just be, why can't I just be in a state of, of love and closeness to Hashem the entire time? It's, it, it's hard to, when you're, when you're, distract me? when you're, when you're involved with other people, it's hard to be, uh, even though multitasking is the thing that people claim they can do, especially men, I apparently can't do it very well. Okay, I hear. The morale says, is the word Elokech that, that, that triggered the drosha. Because if we're talking about loving Hashem, you should love Him. The, the name, the name Hashem, like we, we, we're right now saying that you will be the Sarachamim, right? You're saying Hashem, Hashem, right? So the, the name Hashem, the Tetragrammaton, the, the, that's the Shema Etzim. That's the name that is really the name of the deep relationship. Mm. That's your cave after. Yeah. Okay. So if we're going to talk about love, we should talk about the after as Hashem. Where it, and and by the way, this Gemara is not coming to cancel that. Myth. Of course, we have a mitzvah to love Hashem. We spent the entire first parakel. What the, the Gemara here is adding is that the Gemara found there's a, an extra word alokecha. The extra word alokecha. Of course, just means your Lord, but from the same word as Elohim. And Elohim is a name of of uh, strict justice of Yura. In other words, it's a certain level of warning, like you know, don't mess up. But then, if it wanted to say that, shouldn't it say Vahafta Hashem Elokeda? Which would be our He's speaking God. second person. Actually, speaking to us. Yeah, but like our God. But the entire Shmaya is written in second person. Second, I mean, very rarely does Torah speak in. I mean, sometimes it speaks in this tense, sometimes it speaks in that tense. You have to go look. look. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. So, in other words, there's a responsibility, there's a burden uh, on us with love. What is that? It's an obligation. There's an obligation that has to do with the love, which is to make other people love Hashem. In other words, when they see that Hashem is your Lord, they see that you, they see that you conduct yourself. Now, they're not going to see your inner relationship your inner love for Hashem they can't see that but what they can see is that Hashem is your Lord mm -hmm. and they can see that you're honest in business that you're pleasant etc mm -hmm. and that will bring them to love Hashem mm -hmm. so in other words there's a hint here 
to bringing about the loving of Hashem through us treating Him as our Lord. I mean, by, by behaving as a person who has a Lord over us, then that will cause other people to love Hashem as well. Okay. Um, now, why does it... Why does Gemara specifically talk about Talmud Chachamim doing this? You know, if a Talmud Chacham behaves this way, if a Talmud Chacham behaves that way, I see the reason is because they are the ones that are that are the, the closest to Hashem. That's what we spoke about before, that you should love them as well, right? So if they're the ones that are the closest, then they have the greatest ability and, and the cry is uh, to bring other people closer to him. So meaning like they're, they're the emissaries, they're the representatives. So they will, they, they are look to, um, they reflect the, the king. And this is, and, and, like we, and it's obvious that, that someone that you love so, uh, is you want to, you want other people to love them. And, and it would pain you if other people turn away, uh, every time that you hear about a, a, a from Yid doing something negative and you know, causing a chil Hashem, so it's mamish, it should, besides the fact that you should be concerned for straightforward violence and hatred towards us from the, from the Goyim, which is itself a real thing, but it should be a, 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 a genuine pain if, if, you, if you love Hashem, it should be a genuine pain that this person just pushed people away from loving Hashem. In other words, uh, you know, that your beloved one was just made alienated more, right? And of course, somebody makes a Kiddush Hashem, uh, or even on a smaller level, just behaves like a mensch. Uh, that should make you happy because that's increasing the love for Hashem. Schwab used to say that when they changed the definition in the in the Webster dictionary of the verb to Jew someone, which means to, uh, to, to mean to be absolutely honest, impeccable in business, then Mashiach is come. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't mean that. Is, is that even in the dictionary? To Jew? I didn't check it out, but I I assume it is. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the car, and I was, uh, we were listening to talk radio, my father and I, and someone said he chewed him or so, something of that sort. And the the... Person on the radio said, "We don't use that terminology." And hung up. Anti-Semitic. Okay. Question is, question is, do they do they hold that it's still true? We just don't use the terminology, or did he say, "Wait, what do you mean? You so honest to him in business that the guy like." So that's that's the point. I mean, like it's like. You know, we don't say those things about black people, you know, like, what do you mean? Everyone is the same, right? But, 
Nu är vi här på det. Ja, så No, but the Jew means to means to deceive. No, no, Shlomo, it's not the point. I mean, of course, of course, there's only Israel, but it's not the point. The point is that unfortunately, there is a there is there is something to it, right? And instead of us, instead of us all being impeccable representatives. Of, of of Hashem, uh, we, we we feed into it. Okay, fine. There's a definition of business. It's just it's, they're just gotta keep, gotta, gotta keep coming back to to Rosh Hashira. Okay, something's off. Um, fine. Next, Maimar Chazal is. Uh, now, now we're gonna now we're gonna talk about making a kiddush Hashem. Now we're gonna talk about making a kiddush Hashem. So the Gemara says that Yosef Atzadik made a kiddush Hashem when he ran away from Eishes Potiphar, and Yehuda made a kiddush Hashem when he took responsibility for the pregnancy of his daughter-in-law Tamar um, his Yivama, right? uh, even though uh, obviously it was terribly embarrassing the responsibility and the Gemara says that Yosef that he was Mikad uh, in Shamaim in, in, in private meaning in, 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 within the confines of his own house so uh, he married to have a letter from the divine name added to him. There's a pasuk where he's called Yehosef with a hey. So um, the the um, because he was Mikadashem Shemayim. How and then the, the Gemara brings a story. The Maral skips out a little bit of the. It's, it's a lengthy Gemara. He cuts out some of it, but uh, basically this is the opinion of. of um, Rabbi Yochanan, that Yosef indeed came in there to into the house, to, he had succumbed to his uh, physical temptations, and he was, and they were already both undressed in bed, and then he managed not our topic right now exactly how, but managed to pull himself away. That was that's an incredible feat that mortal humans would have very difficult time uh, imagining how you could do such a thing. He did that. Uh, he was Mekadashem Shemayim. So he got a letter. Yehuda was Mekadashem Shemayim, but for Hesia, externally, uh, publicly, in front of everybody, so he merited that his entire name, uh, the, the entire name of Hashem is contained in Yehuda's name. And Yehuda's name is just a valid and then the rest of the letters are all from Hashem's name. Good point. But the, the Gemara seems to understand that that was that, that was a merit that uh, that he was able to um, solidify, shall we say? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a prophetically given name. Yeah. Um, do, we, do we consider that to be high, uh, greater? 
public versus private? What? Is, is that a greater shavach to him? That it's public? More, no more letters? So it's a good question. Yeah, so it seems like, it, so it seems like it's greater. We're actually going to talk about that. Um, but I want to hold off on it. Uh, the, the truth is that the, the Gemur brings another uh, example of, uh, of uh, Shevet Yehuda being Mikadosh Shem Shemaim, which is Nachshan Ben Aminadav, right? When the Jewish people were uh, by the seashore and they were commanded to march forward. So the different tribes were all scared. Uh, uh, who's going to be the first one to go into the sea? And so the, the leader of Shevet Yehuda, Nachshan Ben Aminadav, went in and uh, even though the you know the the water already came up to his nose he kept on walking and that's when that's when the sea split okay so what does this mean this concept of getting a letter one letter all the letters of hashem's name put into his name what's the connection of and 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 doing that so the morale explains that it's one thing if you behave like a mensch, you behave like a, like a good person, and people say, oh, yeah, I'll also love Hashem. But you're, not but you're not literally the vehicle for the revelation of Hashem's name here. You're someone who has a Lord. And the person says, oh, well, this person's successful, this person's a good person, I will be like him. So I'll go check out, you know, those things that he learned, or I'll go, I'll go to his rabbi, right? But whereas here, Yosef and Yehuda, what they did is they literally brought out a revelation of godliness into the world. That's why they get to have the name of Hashem actually in their name. The name, name is a, it's like, for example, you know, we could mention someone's name, and even though the person is not here, but to a certain extent, it conjures up the, 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 the whole person here in front of us. If, if I say to you, um, if I say to you, you know, Pinchas ben Elazar, ben Arna Cohen, so you all have a whole bunch of information and, and, and uh, you know, whatever it is, experiences, all brought together under that name. So that's the, so the name of Hashem, what does it mean the name of Hashem? The name means a, a manifestation. A manifestation means like a, what we say, what does that mean? It means uh, an awareness of the sum total of the honor of Hashem being revealed here. And that is, that's happening through Yosef, that's happening through Yehuda. What's... What's the difference, the differentiator that the Rosh is making? When we do something versus when they did something? No, no, meaning when, when a person behaves like a mensch, he's not being Moser Nefesh. He's not giving up his own existence and revealing a greater existence behind him. Galveston business, okay, that's nice. They, they, uh, they, you could... They, there could be theoretically other people who are honest in business, who are, who are secular. You, you, you speak very pleasantly with people. There could be theoretically, theoretically you can have secular people who don't curse. I, I don't know if you I don't know if you find them anymore nowadays, but 
Theoretically, it could be. It could be. Yeah? But, um, but a person who, who doesn't, who is not completely negating himself and, and, and revealing godliness in the world would not be able to do what Yosef did. Would not be able to do what Yehuda did. Would not be able to do what Nachshim uh, uh, did. The, the Torah is expressing these ideas to us in order to let them know that they're outliers. That Kaddish Baruch is testifying that this would not have been done by by a normal person. Right. Without, and, and everybody understands that. And therefore, when people 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 look at it. I'm just saying, make sure to get my 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 pink eye. <laughs> make it black and white. Let's hope that by the by the end of the Cersei Mechuva, my my pink eye goes goes white. The redness, the redness of it, the redness of it, turns to a nice white. Of forgiveness and, and love for all the people. Okay, so. Yeah, so everybody understands that. And therefore, anyone looks at it and says, like, whoa, that. Yeah, the, again, when a person says, I'd rather be burned at the stake than, 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 uh, than kiss the cross, right? When even even those going they would do it, they would do it once, twice, three times. Eventually, people can't do it, can't do that without saying like, like, are, there's something wrong over here. Like, how are these people doing this? Right? How are these people able to just? Be saying Shema as we, you know, as we're murdering them. Like, you know, the big for them, you know, Socrates was the big, uh, uh, big uh, for, by the goyim. Socrates, you know, being drinking a cup of poison because the the, um, the Greek um, government told him they were basically going to execute him if he didn't commit suicide. So by them, it's like a big deal. Wow, he committed suicide. He was so calm and he did it like. You know, with, with such a philosophical tranquility or whatever. But compare that to Rabbi Akiva, who lived to the very last minute and let them murder him, torture him, and while doing that, was saying Shema. That's superhuman. That is Mikadish and Shema. That shows that there's something completely out of this world over here. Okay, that gets actually Hashem's name put into it. That's a higher madrega than just bring other people to love Hashem. It's not a cube worker. That's a manifestation of divinity right here. Okay. Um, Quick, so point of clarification. So when so most people use Kiddush Hashem incorrectly in, in common vernacular, what did you say? They're, they're with, most people use Kiddush Hashem incorrectly in common vernacular, like you're really referring to being a mentor. Right. Right. Exactly. Which is fine. Yeah. Just. It's okay to use a borrowed term. We just have to you know, know what the terms are. 
would right? you be able to give a practical example, like something that would happen today of, of, of one being Kiddush Hashem? Kiddush, again, Kiddush Hashem is, is a fairly rare thing. It's, it's a pretty high bar, Kiddush Hashem. You know, uh, they order food in my company and I keep kosher and I don't eat it. I'm Amish. And when they order sushi, it almost kills me. <laughs> but the days they're sick the next day. I'm very happy. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, that, that certainly is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, they say it about a number a number of people. I think Ravon Cutler did that and some others as well. The Moshe Feinstein. Right. Or I mean, I mean, I guess if you want a, a, a modern day, it could be Rav Nassim C. Finkel, Rav Nassim C. Finkel from the Mir, who did not take medication for his Parkinson's, literally trembling and shaking and like you know in pain for not we're not talking about for a week or a month for for years and years. So as to keep his mind clear, so that he could continue learning Torah. I mean, like, <laughs> if you contemplate that, that is, that's yeah, that's suffering with with Parkinson's on that level when there's medications out there. So as to not cloud his mind, so he can continue learning Torah. That that might pass the bar. Okay. Isn't the medication weed? No. I mean, maybe, maybe they also recommend that, but they have they have. Uh, Okay, now pointing out just an interesting thing, Raborak asked, well, how come Yosef's was in private, Yudos was in public? Of course, it's not a Dover Mikra, it's not a happenstance. Yosef is the embodiment of Sneus, right? Yosef, we know, is a, you know, Ephraim is a symbol of dogim, of, of fish, that they're in the Husamina Ain, they're, they're hidden under the water. Uh, etc. So Yosef is uh, the rectification of internal. I mean, he had a private, internal struggle that is anyone that knows about it is is uh, completely blown away by by, by that. But uh, but but it was an internal private struggle. Whereas Yehuda is the Melech, he's the he's the king of the Jewish people. He's the one that's going to defeat the enemies, crush crush the enemies under his under his heel. Uh, so uh, if, you know, his job is the is the external uh, uh, sanctification of Hashem's name. So there is personal and external. Also, um, the reason he's called Yehuda is because Leah was the first one and her first fourth child to praise Hashem for giving her another son. And for what? That's why he's called Yehuda. The first one in the Torah to praise it? God for... Therefore what? That's why he's called Yehuda. If I was of old course. Hashem. But what does that to do with what we're saying? So, because he, we were asked if I was, why didn't his name change or so on, he has that name because he prayed, even from when he was named. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's true what you're saying, but I don't see the connection to what we're discussing. You explain to me after. Okay. 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 Sure. Um, let's try to uh, stay focused over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the Gemara in Brachas. This is a Gemara that we love to talk about, especially during Hanukkah. Maybe maybe we can first talk about it during Hanukkah. Fascinating Gemara. 
Gibora has that Rav Papa asked Abayu. He says, I don't get it. Uh, the earlier generations who learned a lot less Torah than we learn would have miracles happen for them. And yet we, that we have so many yeshivas and so many avrechim sitting and learning and, and so many svarim being put out, so much Torah happening, and we don't, have, and we don't see those miracles. Why is that? We, we, we don't see miracles like that. That's what he asked him. Okay. Oh, so, so that's so uh, so uh, so Abaya answered him similar to Mashir's pretty pretty much on the mark, right? So Abaya answered him that's because they were Mekadish Shem Shamayim. Okay, I'll read to you the words. The, I mean, the, the, the language he says is like, is like what David said. They were Moser Nefesh, Al Kedushas Hashem. They were, they were, would pass over their own existence, pass over their own desires to sanctify Hashem's name. Whereas we don't. Now, this is a fascinating Gemara because when, of course, whenever we learn Gemara, we always have to ask what was the premise of the maksim? What was the assumption of the one who asked the kasha, right? Rapapa said to Abaye, I don't get it. In other words, here's the difficulty. Being that, you guys will fill in the blank. No, being, no. Being, being that we learn so much Torah, it's difficult the, uh, being that we learn more Torah than they did, it's difficult that we are not having the miracles happen that they have happening. Now, what's the assumption? What's the inbuilt? No, that's not assumption. I mean, that is a, that is a that miracles. Are the goal. Well, or the Torah? No, it's like the Torah, right? Brings about miracles. The, 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 being a Baal Torah, being a, a possessor of Torah, being, the, being a generation that learns a lot of Torah, should bring about miracles. Right? Now, why should that be? Why would you think that, why would you think that learning Torah should bring about miracles? Because Torah is the Good. Okay, you, 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 uh, you, you learned the lesson. The, the, the one that can bring about miracles, that if, if you have access to be able to connect to that, and if Torah is the greatest connection, so therefore I should be able to somehow or another receive the miraculous through the Torah learning. Exactly. It means to say miracles are a spiritual manifestation. There's the, what's a miracle? A miracle is a defiance of physicality. Physicality, nature, the way that uh, that works down here. And then a miracle is defined by something that transcends that, transcends nature. Yeah? Now, so if you want to transcend nature, what do you have to do? You have to yourself exist higher than nature. You have to yourself somehow be connected, be in a transcendent place, and then you will be worthy of having a miracle done for you. 
seems to be an error on A. For B? Says, why does it seem unexpected until Yehuda jumped in? No, that's right. Well, it's not Yehuda. Oh, I, I meant the tribe of Yehuda. The tribe of Yehuda, right? Good. Thank you. I'll correct that. Also, the truth is, we should we, we didn't talk about that. Um, I'll circle back to it. Okay. So, um, so that's what that's that was the premise that Papa had. So, by answered him, you're right. However, Mishir's Navish al Hashem. Here's two ways to say it. The morale here, because he's coming to emphasize, says this is the, the, the real thing that makes miracles come about is Mesir's Nevashal Kiddush Hashem. But again, when Hanukkah comes around, maybe we'll talk about more that the truth is, your Papa's not wrong. He was just explaining to him that the, the, the learning of Torah is defined by how much Mesir's Nevashal Kiddush Hashem you have. I mean, for example, two people can learn the same daf of Gemara. And even understand it on the same level as far as being able to explain the steps. But one person is learning it as being the absolute source of his life. And the other person is learning it as a important thing. But not, uh, but, but not uh, that he's ready to kill himself over it. And the mysterious nefesh therefore is the ultimate arbiter. Mishir's Nefesh, Al-Skidosh Hashem, Mishir's Nefesh, to sanctify Hashem's name, determines your entire spirituality. It means to say, where are you defined as being? Are you defined as being in your own little world, down here in, within nature? Or do you exist up in the spiritual realms? And of course, a person's Torah is, is, is his connection to the spiritual realms. But the the mysterious nefesh of the Kiddush Hashem defines every it defines how much of you know is it every word of it is your life's breath or is it just uh, an intellectual pursuit? on the other end of the spectrum. So are we saying the earlier generations had this mysterious nefesh, even yeah. though they didn't learn Torah? No, no, they learned, of course. They learned. They didn't learn as much as this latter generation. But the point is that the quality of their learning was was uh, was on a different level, and therefore, uh, and therefore, it outdid the quantity of the learning. And that, of course, brings us back to why did the sea not split until Nachshon Ben Aminadab jumped in? Because only when he jumps in, when he's Moser Nefesh of Kiddush Hashem. So that's when he went up to a level of being a transcendent person. If he transcends nature, he's behaving in an unnatural way. So then he's fit, and Shevet Yehuda and all of Kalsel are fit to have an unnatural event happen for them, which is the splitting of the sea. Sadr Hashem is like waiting. Well, I want to, you know, only, only if they do the. It, it, it's, it's more that the way is, is that Hashem is 
was, so to speak, waiting for them to activate the spiritual button. When they go into that realm, then they become worthy of having Kriyas Yavs. Do we have uh, do we have indicate? Sorry. I was, I was gonna say, but like, what about like the whole uh, the golden calf? I mean, they still had the uh, mod coming down every day when Moshe wasn't around. So they they you can't really say that they were sanctifying Hashem when they were building the eagle. They, they weren't, mm -hmm. but they still were in the presence of miracles, weren't they? Um, so the man, we're not saying that Hashem cannot perform miracles without the Kiddush Hashem. What we're saying is that it makes sense that when we see a Kiddush Hashem, in the serious Nefesh, our Kiddush Hashem happening, bringing about a miracle, that makes sense. Can Hashem do a miracle otherwise? Yes. We saw in all the markets in Egypt. Jews had not done anything. Hashem was doing but can we can we possibly add to that? I mean, the, the fact that the, the twenty percent did leave what, didn't that show that they were making a they had to make their own. But I'm saying, but even before they did, Hashem, Hashem was acting in Is there that that's this sounds like a very lofty type? Can, is there a way in which that we would be able to? know how a person would have access to knowing what that role is that they're supposed to play? Or, or, or is this even our role? To, to be to be most in Hashem? Yeah. Like, how do you know that that's what Hashem wants me to do? I, I would say like this, that if, if you love, the point is that Mysterious Nefesh Al-Kiddush Hashem is not an artificial act that you do because you know you're supposed to do it. I mean, you, you won't be able to. You will not be able to do it unless it comes from a place of love. Love, like we defined earlier, is where your entire, where your existence is defined by my existence is an extension of Hashem's existence. And therefore, like Rabbi Akiva was saying, Hashem achod as he died, right? That's why, that's how he could do such a thing. Otherwise, push comes to shove. I know I should have it, but listen, you know, you should, you know, you should, uh, but if you're going to, if you're going to die, right, you're going to be tortured or whatever it is, the only way that a person can bring himself to accept all that is if he, is it, is it for him, the definition of his existence is his connection to Hashem. And then when you'll be in a situation where, where that's going to be, where he's going to feel that, that this is somehow threatened or this is that he'll that he'll make that choice you want to know if nowadays if we have such challenges uh, no i think more so that the, but I, the idea of that why through osmosis of learning torah this comes about no so what so what's the access to it oh what, what? How, how does one come to love hashem oh that's a very that's a very global question um, that's not limited to here. That's, that could have been asked throughout the entire nation. Sure, but it sounds like there's our steps now. I, I mean, think that, I think that, that, that what the morale has been guiding us is to under, the understanding of loving of Hashem is itself the loving. I mean, it's similar to what 
Yisrael was saying earlier, if you, you know, if you know and believe in all the above stated things, right, then you will love Hashem. It's true, except the person has to spend a lot of time thinking about it until the Dvorim or Nisyashim Alalev, till the matter Right, you have to you have to really internalize. You have to think about it for years and years, like Rabbi Akiva did, and think about it and internalize it, and 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 and, and live with it to uh, to the point that that it becomes real. I mean, it's not like either yes or not. It's it's a great thing. We we all have it to a certain extent, and we all lack it to a certain extent. And there's no end how much it could be, right? But the, the, but the more that a person goes over these concepts, and again, for example, we get an opportunity twice a day to work on it. When we say Shema, like the Derek Hashem says, when you say Shema, the kavano that a person should be having is exactly what we discussed. The love of Hashem to such an extent that there is that there is nothing uh, else that, that, that interests a person to the point that you're prepared to be most enough for the Kiddush Hashem. Mm-hmm. Let's stop here.